Hi, Claire and James here. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know the exciting news that the Midlife Reset Audit is now live. This is a first-of-its-kind personalised diagnostic tool designed for midlifers by midlifers. In just three minutes, the audit will help you pinpoint what's really holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife, and most importantly, provide tailored strategies on how to take back control. Midlife doesn't have to be a time of uncertainty. It can be an era of growth, discovery, and well-being. So to go ahead and take the audit, go to themidlifementors.com forward slash audit. Hi, I'm James Davis. And I'm Claire Davis. We're the Midlife Mentors, here to lift the lid on how to achieve health and happiness. The balanced, no-nonsense way. Here we are, Midlife Mentors, Season 2, Episode 3. Where are we, James? Where are we? We are at a, a uh, service station on the French motorway because <laughs> we're on our way back to Ibiza, the epic journey. It's very rock and roll, our life. It really is. Uh, so, yeah, we're bringing it to you raw and live. It's not live for you, but live for us. And... Um, Yeah, we've had quite a couple of months back in the UK. Um, If anyone listened to last week's episode, we have been on our forest break now, otherwise known as Centre Parks, but James was too much of a snob to call it Centre Parks. You quite enjoyed it, didn't you? Yes, I had fun. (laughs) And I think for our non-UK listeners who might not be familiar with the Centre Parks concept, I don't know how to describe it really, Like like a spring break camp. For small kids and adults, I don't know. Anyone that has been to Centre Parks, just imagine, if you do know James, imagine him, his horror, when he went on the rapids. The rapids, which were absolutely jam-packed full of screaming children. They were very congested. Yeah. I I shared intimate space with people unwillingly. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was was quite intimate. So um, today, we are going to talk about um, nutrition myths. And the reason we're talking about this is because we spent time with my parents. Why are you mm-hmm. laughing, James? Well, I was going to say, the reason, the reason we're talking about it is we were going to do this one anyway. Uh, and, uh, and the reason Claire's saying is the true reason. The other reason was, of course, we were going to have an interview. But as part of our epic lives, we did a 400-mile round trip to London to do a face-to-face <laughs> interview. And the recorder was all working fine. But then apparently uh, nothing, <clears throat> nothing was on the, on the memory card when we got back. I blame James. So I that blame. interview will be coming will be coming but we're not going to jinx it by saying when but it's still happening no so you got us instead i'm afraid so yes we, we basically spent the weekend with my lovely parents my brother my sister-in-law nieces and they were fascinated i don't even think that's a strong word fascinated by what we eat how we eat um because we didn't kind of veer off that we stuck to what we normally eat and the timing of what we eat so we were like actually rather than assuming sometimes when you do this profession you assume that people know this stuff um, but it's it's clear that not everyone does. Mm. And there's loads and loads of, of myths and misconceptions out there, um, a lot fueled by mainstream media. Uh, and why is this particularly important at midlife? Well, as we age, you know, the kind of eating things we could get away with when we were in our <laughs> 20s and 30s, uh, we're not going to get away with anymore. There's all kinds of like physiological changes, hormonal changes. 
you know, we're more prone to holding on to fat. Our metabolisms will have slowed down if we're not following all the wonderful advice that we give you. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can't get away with, with smashing in, you know, a cheeseburger and birthday cake and thinking that it's not, not no. going to affect you down the line. No, that's why this is so relevant to you guys out there listening, you midlifers. Um, yeah, so we, we basically just can't get away with what we did. So we thought it was really, really important because what you're going to be doing, and if you're like everyone else, and including me, not as a midlifer, but certainly my late 20s, early 30s, I was always looking for the quick fix and the thing that was, you know, going to be the saviour for um, my body confidence and looking the way and feeling the way I wanted to. And it's even more difficult now because we're bombarded, like we were talking about in our episode last week, mm. we're being bombarded with uh, messages constantly. You don't know what's true. You no. don't know what's true. It's confusing. It's overwhelming. A lot of it's conflicting as well. You know, people do studies. E- even that, we came and was there, I read a thing about milled linseed. So, so yeah. we take linseed in our shake, uh, and if you take it whole, there's not an issue because you swallow most of the seeds whole. But when it's crushed it can convert to cyanide gas in the body. Uh, Terrifying and in, fact. In Sweden, I think they're either putting warnings or they've banned it on the crushed linseeds uh, because if you have more than three teaspoons for an adult, that could be enough to make you feel quite unwell, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so there you go. There's an example. You know, People say, oh, you should get your, your linseeds, get your, get your amigas, and then it's, oh, if you eat too much of them, it will convert to cyanide gas in the body, which is obviously not what you want. It's not what we want. So obviously we want to give you this um, kind of debust some of these myths um, and also just make sure like good nutrition has been linked to so many so many benefits obviously mm. uh, supporting the immune system obviously avoiding diabetes you've got a healthy metabolism yeah I think poor nutrition is a definite you know causal links to certain types of cancer and um, particularly like high sugar diets as well um, yeah. about body goals right about looking and feeling great also we call us Generation Squeezed, say this all the time, we're under loads and loads of pressure um, and stress, particularly at this age, and actually a good nu- balanced nutrition nutrition diet is actually going to help reduce your stress levels, so yeah. um, that's why we're talking to you about it. And that's something actually that came out, in all the conversations with Claire's family, they were like, you know, explaining what we would eat, they're like, oh, but we don't have time, or that would take ages, we're like, well actually that thing is not any any slower than that in fact it's probably faster so again there's a there's a, a big myth or preconception that, that healthy options take, long. take longer and more expensive which are two massive myths in themselves that, w- that will bust um and apparently i was really blunt and i was like well if you want the results you'll make the time which that's it that's it you don't true. find time you make it for changes in your lifestyle so shall we crack on let's crack on with these myths so Mr. stay tuned D. we're going to talk you through them um First one. First one. Fat is the enemy. Myth number one. Okay, so this came out of uh, research in the 70s and 80s. Um, A lot of it sponsored by American Heart Foundation. But it's kind of thinking now that that research was already predetermined to find saturated fats as the cause of heart disease. Now, too much saturated fat is bad for you. You don't want loads in your diet. But it's not as bad as we once thought. And small amount of saturated fat, so that's what you'll find in dairy meats, is fine. Also, we've got our healthy fats, our unsaturated fats that we'd get from, from nuts, from seeds, from fish, which is our omega oils. And we want plenty of those in our diet. They, they do all kinds of wonderful things for us. They support our central nervous system. They support cell membrane fluidity. Uh, they actually help us metabolize our body fat. So... Whoop, whoop. 
unfortunately, I think through the 80s and 90s, what was kind of hammered at us by no, the mainstream media fat. and advertising was low fat, low fat, low fat. And we started to see low fat versions of everything. I was brought up, you know, my parents, God love them, and your parents, we have this conversation all the time, everything was low fat. Low fat versions of everything. Mm. And at the time, the thinking was, it's like, oh, well, there's the full fat, there's the low fat, fat is bad, so I better go the low fat version. So that's no one's fault. That's, that's a logical assumption to make. But... What these crafty food manufacturers mm. found is um, if you take the fat out of food, you take away a lot of the flavour. So Guess how do you get in? that back? What do they put in, people? Sugar. Sugar. So um, if you look at a lot of low-fat versions of popular brands, you probably, and then look at the sugar content, you probably find that the, the low-fat version has a much higher yeah. sugar content than the, I won't say high fat, the normal the normal version. Yeah, we're talking things like um, yogurts. You know, all the low fat yogurts and things like that, zero fat yogurts, they are laden with sugar or um, aspartame, which is a sugar yeah, replacement, artificial, artificial sweeteners. sweeteners. So yeah, be careful about the sugar content because actually we all know sugar, well, you don't know this necessarily, um, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Interestingly, back when they did all this research, there was one researcher that started to think that actually looking at the evidence in front of him, sugar was probably the main cause of a lot of the health issues. But that research was suppressed and people started to come back to it now and go, oh, actually, he was probably on the right track there. And this is a, a huge reason that we've seen the rise in diabetes as well. So much sugar. We actually saw an article in the paper the other day about, what was it, 1995? Oh, this is interesting. Um, this was fascinating. Like, what sugar content of our favourite brands? Cho chocolate bars in the UK. Uh, they looked at them in 1992 and now, and all, like a whole raft of them, the sugar content had massively, massively increased. We're talking like 10% plus. Now, why would that happen? Well, a few reasons. Number one, like, our, our palates have grown more accustomed to sweeter food mm -hmm. as, as we are getting pushed more and more sugar. Also, you know, the food manufacturers know that sugar no, is really addictive. So, so the higher the sugar content, the more likely you are to crave more of it. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just we'll say one more thing, then we'll move on to the next point. But um, mum and dad, if you're listening, bless you. You used to feed my brother and I, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> but actually, it's just got so many chemicals in it. And actually, you're better off, I'm not saying a lot of it, but you're better off actually having pure butter than mm. some of those chemical laden alternatives like i can't believe it it's not butter yeah. because so a lot of those like margarine butter alternatives they're, they're what we call trans fats they're man-made fats uh our body basically has trouble metabolizing them in some, this. in this some cases it won't even recognize it uh, depending on how it's been altered molecularly and it will wrap wrap that trans fat molecule in a fat That's molecule so. to store it to get rid of it later because it's not quite sure what it cellulite, is. Cellulite, ladies, cellulite. Which is why people who have um, like a lot of fast food, you can sometimes see that what we call the impacted yeah. fat, that kind of like hard, dimpled fat. That's that's all, all that yeah. kind of stuff going on. So message from there. Fat, you don't want loads of it in your diet. You definitely don't want trans fats, man-made fats, but you know, oily in moderate fish. amounts, it's fine. And, the, and and the unsaturated oily fish is great. Avocados. But don't, don't be seduced by the low fat and end up eating high sugar instead worse for love you love that so there's myth nice one nice summary Smashed. matey carbohydrates are bad myth number two carbohydrates no carbs before marbs now if you've listened to our say no to keto podcast in series <laughs> one you'll know that we are massive advocates of carbohydrates at the right time and the right sources no carbs in your diet 
it's been proven through research if you haven't listened go back and listen to that one because it's pretty awesome even if i say so myself there's loads and re loads and loads of research that actually low carbohydrate diets can be incredibly dangerous well and increases your mortality risk significantly um so carbs are our preferred energy source as human beings uh, like a lot of these myths there is some there's like a grain of truth in the grounding of why they why they came about so there are no carbs before miles everyone wants to avoid carbs um yeah Carbs will will tend to make you put on more fat if you're in a calorie surplus for, for your needs. But the reason for that is, like I said, it's the wrong kind of carbohydrates. In the Western diet, we tend to eat too many of the wrong kinds. So your carbohydrates should be coming from yeah. natural sources. So you know, small amounts of what we call like the high starchy, like potatoes and rice, but mainly like fresh leafy greens, fresh vegetables, small amounts of fresh fruit, small amount of root vegetables sometimes, but timed as well. Yeah. And that should be around 50, 55% of your diet. Why they've had a bad rep is it tends to be like 60 to 70% yeah. of the diet. So, and the wrong type. So overly processed. So loads of like breads, Past, pastas, white pasta. stuff like that. And also um, what I was talking to my brother about the weekend is like a lot of clients we see, they, they time these, they have them in the evening. So they don't get used up. So basically the reason carbohydrate, they're basically sugars. And when they're unused, they store as fat. So if you have a really heavy, um, a high glycemic index carb meal in the evening, so we're talking about pasta, rice, all that sort of stuff, you're not burning it off. So you're just going to bed on it. And then in the morning, if you're not exercising, it's just sat there. What you want to do, like we do, we'll talk about this, is, is actually time your good carbohydrates in the morning, a small amount for lunchtime, and you're good to go. It's those really heavy carb meals in the evening. Mm. But carbs are not bad. They are essential for our concentration, for our brain function, energy levels. Exactly. So the only time you'd want to, that, that advice that Claire just gave is brilliant for, for weight loss, which is probably what, mo or maintenance. Yeah. The only times you want carbs in the evening is if you're about to do Bulking. some sort of endurance event yeah. or if you're looking to actually bulk up with muscle. Yeah, no, it's important to say but that. otherwise, yeah, keep, keep the carbs dialed back. They're about 2%, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, or, or men that are bulking. So there we go. <laughs> carbs are not bad. Just make sure you're getting the right kind and around 50, 55% of your diet. Okay, this one is one of our favourites, I have to say, because everyone is now talking about p -p 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 protein. Oh my goodness. Protein is good. Protein is amazing, so much so that we've got protein Mars bars. So, we've yeah. got protein cereal. Protein must be good. Listen, protein is, is awesome. We need it. It's our uh, favourite macro. It's our favourite macro. It's essential for like regenerating your tissue, building new muscle, all that great stuff. But um, the feed manufacturers, like low fat, like a fad. A couple of decades ago, have suddenly cottoned on to high protein. So you'll see now in the, in the garages awful. or the gas stations, as you call them in the US, high protein versions of, of the normal chocolate bars. So you've got like a Mars high protein bar. Snickers, high protein Mars bar. Right, okay. Guess what they've got more of? Sugar. They it's... have marginally more protein than the normal bar, but way more, but way more sugar. sugar. Guys, honestly, and actually it's really, I think this is always really helpful. So anything above 20... Gra uh, 20 grams. 20, so you talk about NHS guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 22, isn't it? 20 or 22? 22 grams is considered high sugar. Anything about 22 in grams, grams. So 22% up is considered high and we've sugar. Seen, we've seen loads of protein bars with more than that in and cereal with more than that in, all claiming that they're, they're going on this healthy bandwagon mm. of protein fads, protein shakes. Oh, everyone's just going to be drawn to the protein thinking it's healthy. Yeah, if you're training a lot, 
it's good to get more protein in to, to support your body needs, but just don't be seduced by all these bars that are appearing now. Okay, you might instinctively know like a Mars bar or a Snickers isn't going to be great, but even a lot of like the ones that are packaged to look yes, healthy be careful. still have really high sugar content. Like they're called natural something or they've got a little flower or a leaf on the front. They're, they're using subliminal messaging to make you think it's healthy. Yeah. Um, okay. Talk about pro too many protein shakes. So again, everyone's pushing, pushing this message that protein is good. It is. However, a lot of people are substituting main meals. Can you remember like um, the shakes back in the 80s, the Slim, Slim Fast, Fast and everything? They were meal replacement shakes, okay? What we're seeing a lot at the moment is people having protein shakes as a meal substitute. The clue is in the name. Protein shakes are actually not called meal supplements. They're called... No, they, sorry, they are, they are called, called meal supplements. Yeah. They're not supposed to be a substitute for they're a meal. Replacement. So you have these things, meal replacement therapy or meal replacement, you know, and you've got brands like Huel out yeah. there, which we'll, we'll come to in a minute. But anyway, um, when you buy protein powder, it's a supplement, which means it's meant to supplement your diet. It's meant to fit around the other meals you're having. Not, not substitute. Be instead of. Getting my S's mixed up. Getting your S's. Getting my S's mixed up. I'm tired, guys. I'm so tired. <laughs> coffee it should have kicked in by now but it hasn't so listen the myth here protein is good yes it is but don't be seduced by packaging that says high protein this high protein that check the sugar content also protein is not a substitute for a meal you want a a balanced diet and no, the last point is i know this it is... is possible to eat too much protein and actually do yourself some damage so liver there's mixed research. We, we'd say between you can tolerate and, and use, utilize between 30 and 40 grams of protein at a time. Some studies say up to 60. Dew is still a bit out on that, but, but up, say 40 grams at a time is good. Higher than that, you're just wasting it. But also, you don't want to overload it. And we see this a lot mm. with people like bikini competitors. Yes, really I've smashing known. in the protein. So again, in the bodybuilding world, you'll say, see thing formulas like you know anything between one gram per pound of body weight up to 2.5 grams per pound of body weight and sometimes even higher the thing is if you're just putting in a lot of protein it does put a strain on, on your, your liver and yeah. kidneys uh, I've, no, I've known women in the bikini uh, like friends of mine that have actually done these competitions and actually couldn't get on stage because just beforehand their liver and kidneys have failed to, from too much protein one other thing on protein again this was um, some research that was done a lot of people are having protein on top as well of their food and you know they're actually yeah, yeah they're, they're putting on weight so again this is just a miseducation a miscommunication mm. you know i get my so i talk about myself i get my protein from my food sources i have one scoop of protein extra a day and i do a lot of exercise i do a lot of weight training i don't have a protein shake after every meal or every single time i exercise it's just no. it's it's not necessary unless you're bulking and you're a man and you're in a calorie surplus, you know, then by all means have extra protein. But don't be, as well as not using it as a substitute, don't be adding it mm. into your diet and wondering why you're putting on weight. Exactly. Listen, if you're, if you're looking to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. And if your shakes are taking you into a calorie surplus, guess what? Doesn't matter whether they're protein or not. You're not going to lose weight. 
So actually, that leads us Ooh. handily on to the next myth. This is cr this creases right, us Right, so up. we see this all the time, um, and this is people claiming they're in a calorie deficit, consistent calorie deficit, but they're still putting on weight. And this can be they just don't know what's going on, or for some people, it can, they can blame their genetics, genetics, yeah, or they can blame uh, medical treatments or hormonal changes. And yes, now they're we're valid. not dismissing those. They're Those valid. are valid points. Yeah. But listen, if you were to take a medicine that lowers your metabolic rate, because our metabolic rate is not fixed, right, guys? If you've listened to this, if your metabolic rate now is like you need two thousand calories a day for what you're doing, but suddenly you decide you're going to be an adventure racer and you're going to like run thirty k every day and do a bike ride, guess what? Your calorie needs increase. Your metabolic rate's going to go up because you're burning so many more calories. So your metabolic rate is not fixed. Some hormonal changes in the body, some medications mm. will bring your metabolic rate down. And they do. And it is really valid. I really want to say this because this speaks to, like, of my personal experience. You know, um, there is some research around antidepressants can actually um, lower your metabolic mm -hmm. rate. Totally. And I, I, I was on those years, as you know my story, I'm sure you do. Years and years ago, I was on those and I, I did notice a shift. So we're not poo pooing the fact that these are valid reasons. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in and no, say no, that because, you know, as we know, antidepressant um, usage is on the rise. And so if any of you are out there going, mm. hang on a minute. Um, we do understand is what I'm trying to say. No, we totally understand and it is a completely valid reason. I think the, the point people miss is mm. they're like, oh, this was my diet. Then I start taking some medication mm. and now I'm putting on weight. Guess what? You're Sadly. not. You're not more prone to putting on weight your metabolic rate has slowed yeah. so you need to adjust your diet yeah. accordingly and as we get or, older <laughs> or increase your exercise output remember that there's two sides of the energy equation yeah. if you find you're putting on weight but you don't want to change your diet move more do more exercise and again i liken this to the conversation we have with my lovely brother my brother's yeah. got ms yeah um, he can't exercise like us healthy people can. No. Um, so, you know, he's um, a middle-aged man. His calorie needs would, like every other man, would normally be a lot higher. But, you know, his are much, much lower because he has to adjust it for his lifestyle and what he can and can't do. Yeah, and you know, I, I know this one is a hard one to swallow for a, for a lot of people. Um, but if you think you're mm. in a calorie deficit and you're still putting on weight, the chances are you were not in a calorie deficit, i.e. you were still in consuming more calories to... than, than your metabolic rate needs you to consume. Yeah. And uh, my challenge I throw out, if, if, you, if you think we're wrong, this challenge has been thrown out by other people, is like, find one research paper that will show people put in a calorie deficit yeah. consistently over time, put weight on. Yeah. Does not happen. Yeah. You know, and that's, the, again, this is kind of trial and error. You know, it's not it's not a one size fits all. Again, no. that's very seductive with advertising and these. That's why we say a one size fits all approach doesn't work because actually everyone's needs are so so different, and it is a bit of trial and error. It is knowing what your body needs. Yeah, listen, we tweak our diet all the time. Yeah. We tweak our diet all the time. Uh, Have so, to. So we'll, we'll we'll just you know we'll go through a phase where we're watching what we're eating pretty carefully and drinking, still keeping healthy balance. We don't care, but then we'll be like, oh, actually, you know what? I can see that in my body now. I can see that those five packs of pork scratchings a week plus eight pints of bitter are not doing me any favours. <laughs> I just need to wind that back for a while. And we're always tweaking our diet depending on, on you know, what our goals are and what we look like. So we know, we know your, your metabolic rate is not constant. If you are find you are still putting on weight, you know, play around with reducing your calories or increasing your exercise. Out, reach out for help. We're always yeah. around. Another one is a diet works. Ha. Right. 
so and supplements will make me skinny we're gonna link these two so diets work and supplements will make me skinny uh, let's talk about that let's talk about okay that. <laughs> if diet if diets work why why do people do them over and over yeah and this over statistic i love this 90 percent of people well i don't love it actually that's really mean I, it just is very reflective of how much diets do not work. 90% of people who lose weight on a diet put it all back on again. A lot of people put it on more. Put more on and then some. Yeah. They do not work. And here's the reality check for you midlifers. The diet that you used to use and work, that used to kind of like make you feel better about yourself, got you results, it's going to work even less now in your midlife body. Mm. My my favourite stat is the best predictor of yes. someone being overweight is the fact that they have dieted. If you've dieted, it's the best predictor that you'll be overweight. That shows how flawed the diet is. We, we get it, they're seductive, you know, yeah. it's lose this much by this time, but they're, they're short-term, very short-term gain for long-term failure. Well, here's, here's the problem, right? They are so restrictive that you will swing the other way because you're human. It's not because you're bad and useless at diets. You will always swing in the opposite direction because you are being too restrictive with yourself. Mm. That then fuels a lack of self-esteem because you you will, your metabolic rate will slow down. Fact. It just, it just will. Then when you eat again because you can't sustain that kind of diet because it's not in balance and you're boring and you don't go out and you can't socialise and all these things you're going to put that weight back on again because your metabolic rate has slowed right down. And also, your self-esteem will be on the floor mm. because you're going to keep beating yourself up thinking, oh, I look like that. It's the only way I can ever look like that by doing these crazy diets, but I'm miserable. I'm useless. I can't do this. And then the vicious cycle starts all over again. You put weight on from the mental and physical sides and circumstances, and then you have to go for another diet, another diet, and another diet. And linked to this is supplements. And again, we get it. It's it's just an easy way to go. It's a quick fix. But like with skinny teas, so many of these pills. things now, like skinny coffee, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's seductive. It's like, oh, I don't have to really tweak anything. I'm My diet, I don't have to exercise. Yeah. If I can take this supplement, I'll get thin. If they nah. seem too good to be true, it's because they are. Um, and I'd say also linked into that, just bring it all together. It's a thing about exercise. You know, if, some, if you want to lose your weight or your fat just by dieting it's it's really not the way to go because not people having a healthy body mind spirit emotions is, is about is about addressing the whole and you know you get so many benefits from moving your body as well heart health bone density muscle stress strength. relief stress relief yeah so just doing it from the diet if you there's another myth i'll be healthy if i lose weight no you won't you'll be healthy if you lose weight yes through exercise and good nutrition. And newsflash, uh, that might actually mean that you don't lose weight. You might stay static or even get heavier. Because what might happen is you drop off um, body fat, but you add lean muscle. Guess what? Metabolic rate is higher. You can eat more food because your metabolic rate is higher. But even though you're heavier, in inverted commas, you look and feel better because you've added muscle, taken away fat. Absolutely. So it's about the inside-out approach, people. Make sure you've got good heart health, good bone density. You're releasing stress. That's why we're all about creating a calorie deficit if you're looking to lose weight through looking at your nutrition and moving your body. Because we're grateful and gifted, most of us, with our health. And our health is our wealth. So make sure it's internal as well. 
So, hmm, should ha- we talk about our day? Oh, I was about to say yeah. that, Mr. D. Because this was this was a source of fascination, and, and always <laughs> is when we train when we're training with clients. We was like, well, what do you eat? What do you eat? Um, so we will generally get up, have a cup of strong, strong drink coffee, coffee. Uh, because we struggle to get going in the morning. But also, caffeine caffeine does play a role in waking up the body. Uh, it will help release um, fat to the mitochondria. That when you exercise, it will then oxidize, i.e., burn it off. So. It gives us an energy boost and helps us train. So we'll have black coffee. We'll do our fasted hit, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Basically, that helps us manage our body composition. Absolutely. And then we have our This is a game changer for me. Shake. I know I've said it before. It was a game changer for mm. me, training fasted. Mm. What's in the shake? What's in the shake? No, so come on, we need detail. So the shake's our own concoction. We basically uh, get a big blender. It looks disgusting. Put about a scoop and a half of protein powder in, whey protein, a teaspoon, heap teaspoon of peanut butter. Yum yum. Good quality peanut butter. Healthy fats there. So we've got already got protein. No and palm fats, oil, please, people. Which is going to trigger your leptin, make you feel full. We then add whatever supplements we like. So normally spirulina, because that's really high in antioxidants. Um, also a good protein source with berries. minerals. We add some berries, small amounts. They've got sugars in, but they're also antioxidant. Um, and the sugar at this point will actually be helpful to transport the protein to the muscles. We add then oats, mm. which is our low GI carbohydrates. Lots and lots of oats, and of course water goes in all this as well. Then we blend good it breakfast, up. Breakfast, a really mm. decent hearty breakfast, yeah, full we, of protein, good fats, good fats, and slow release carbohydrate energy and fibre from the oats as well. So we'll blend that up. It's a really thick, gloopy thing. Honestly, my pet, uh, my pet, everyone was like, "Oh my goodness!" Because we ate it at the weekend. They were like, "That looks disgusting." They tasted it. They wanted the they recipe. They wanted the Davis recipe. Really fills you up. And like I said, well, you won't get that you know, normal hunger spike at 11, 11.30. It keeps you going through till midday. Lunch. Then, lunch. So I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I have carbohydrates at lunchtime. Sometimes I don't. James always will. Always because will. he finds it difficult to put on muscle mass. I'm trying to maintain, so I won't have lots and lots of carbohydrate. So mine is normally, I like my ham and eggs. I like my prawns and avocado. Um, I like my omelettes. Mm. Um, what else do we normally have? I like some salmon with some lentils or with some whole grain rice. That, yeah, and sometimes um, I will. Chicken, like a chicken breast, chicken fillets, stuff like that. So we're basically what lean protein sources to trigger the leptin. Um, and small, we have like salad with that as well. So mm. we're getting like you know, our nutrients. And my good fats for my avocado. Sometimes carbs for Claire, sometimes not. Always carbs for me at lunch, which will come from from the lentils, from the rice, from beans, whatever. Um, Always honest. Then after that, I get a little bit of a sweet tooth, but I have 80% or over chocolate. But a tiny square. Tiny square with a little bit of peanut butter. Yeah. And then dinner. Dinner would be similar. It would be like a grilled uh, salmon fillet, grilled chicken breast. Or James does an amazing chicken peanut. Can you see peanut peanut butter has a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Factors a lot in our life. You need to be careful with that. You need to be careful. With a lot of um, stir fried or steamed or roasted vegetables. So like lots of vegetables, not really ever any of the root vegetables, more leafy greens, peppers, stuff like that with a lean protein source again. Now, Claire won't have carbs no. in the evening. If I'm looking to bulk and I'm going to train the next day, I'll have a small amount of, again, like whole grain rice, lentils, beans, something like that. That is pretty much what yeah. we eat. In between, if we're hungry, it'll be like a teaspoon of the good quality peanut butter. <laughs> again. I'll generally have one to two protein shakes through the day as yeah, well. Yeah, I like won't have any of that. With water. Yeah. 
that's it. Hummus, I'll tell you another thing, if you've got like um, like a little crudités or like tiny little bit of hummus, but again, it's about portion control. So a lot of the time we see people having big bits of peanut butter or hummus and all that kind of stuff. So just make sure that your portions are relative to what you're trying to achieve. Last point to say, having said all that, we also believe in balance. So, you know, that that would be our kind of like Monday to, to Thursday, if you like. Yeah. And then weekends, we'll just be a bit free. And if, we, if we're out and you, and you want like steak and chips, we'll have steak and, and chips. And yes, we drink alcohol. Life's about fun. It is. 80% of the time, good. 20%, let's love life, live yeah, exactly. it, and eat what we want. I, I hope that we have busted some myths there for you. <laughs> Lots of information overloads, probably. Um, if you've got any questions, we always mean this truly. Email us. Email us or drop us a message through Facebook. Yeah, anything. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're obsessive about this, um, so we'd love to help you. Um, that's it from us, Yay. isn't it? So we don't know whether the uh, <laughs> guest will be next week. We hope it will. But uh, keep your ears peeled for that. And yes. again, thank you for all your support. You're continuously amazing and it means the world to us. And that's it. Yes. See you next time. Thank right, you very we're, much. We're going to journey on to Ibiza. We're sending you loads of love. Take care. Bye. <laughs>